0: We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to an epically hot episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm toast. Toast. (laughs) And tonight we're looking at the Battlestar Galactica episode. Fire in space. Boomer, Athena, Boxy, and Muffet are spending some time in the Rejuvenation Center when the Cylons launch a massive attack. All the squadrons are launched to intercept, but it is soon clear the Cylons do not intend to engage the Vipers. While the Vipers use the opportunity to blast the Cylons out of existence to make it past and attack the Galactica. The first is intercepted just short of the Galactica's bridge, but the Cylon ship, packed with Solium, causes considerable damage to the bridge, and Adama is critically wounded. The second, similarly equipped Cylon, crashes into the Alpha landing bay. The explosions result in the ship's internal emergency doors being sealed, trapping Boomer and the others in the rejuvenation center. Massive fires rage on the Galactica, and with the sustained damage, it's only a matter of time before the heat causes the Galactica's solium stores to explode, destroying the ship. While Boomer tries to get his little band of survivors to safety and places all their hopes on Muffet, the mechanical daggett, Apollo, Starbuck, and Sheba attempt to douse the landing bay fire from their vipers. To complicate matters, Dr. Salig needs to operate on Adama, but daren't, due to the fluctuations in the power energizers. When all other attempts to suppress the fire fail, Apollo and Starbuck undertake an almost suicide mission to place explosives outside the Galactica's hull. The explosions will rob the fire and the inside of the Galactica of oxygen, extinguishing the fire. The plan works. But an untethered Apollo and Starbuck float off into space, never to be seen again, at least until Sheba finds them. The end. Fire in space. Well, if ever there was a there was an episode where I felt like we might not have a lot to say, I think this might be it. So, fire in space. What, uh, what stands out for you, Ben?
1: Uh, crappy science.
0: there's a bit of that
1: too oh Uh, there there's uh, oh there's some really sick science on this one especially with the whole zero g rubbish (laughs)
0: well uh they were only up there in the zero g for a
1: little bit of time Uh, yeah but oh my god that was just i i was throwing things at the television while i was watching it
0: i have to admit my note on that is um you know
1: why don't they have jetpacks that was one of my first thoughts I mean, I jetpack would be re you
0: know why don't they <laughs> it's like i don't know i mean it's a pretty obvious uh, you don't need much propellant to to uh zap yourself around out in space um so i understand why they didn't want to use tethers i mean the excuse is it would slow them down all right it probably yeah,
1: jetpack would but a speed jetpack
0: you up speed you up and also prevent you from getting lost in space if you uh uh i'm not sure why you I'm not sure why he floated off. It, I would think the galactic would just suck him back.
1: It's got it's got a big enough mass that it would hold him in. Uh, when I saw Starbuck grab onto that one weakened bar and it broke loose, and then he and immediately he just lifts off. And I thought, no,
0: yeah. I mean, I could see how if he leaped for it to so like kind of right. like Apollo was doing, if he leaped for it and then he hit it with force and then it broke free. Obviously, he'd still he be would going. Con- Continue Minus the the whatever
1: whatever resistance,
0: resistance and then the deflecting angle, perhaps right? But yeah,
1: that will be it. But no, we just see Starbuck grab onto it, it breaks loose, and then he floats in, in relative direction up. Yeah, and I thought that is beyond insulting.
0: Not that I believe that the Galactica is constructed in such a way that the only way to deprive a compartment of air is. To uh, blow the hull, wouldn't you think they could pump the air out? That's the
1: other thing, especially in the landing bay. Yeah, especially the landing bay where there's a big open window. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, I, they don't even address the fact that they, they don't have they don't have force screens. There's no force shield, or is or there? Some well, if we've never seen that technology that I can remember, I will go along with that. I'm not aware of them ever having shown any force field technology. So how do they keep the air in the landing bay? Because it's open to space, no matter how you slice it.
0: Could we be missing the part of the equation where the ship comes in and then gets pulled behind a door that is pressurized? That is possible,
1: but that's not where the fire is.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, you would think that they would be able to open that up to space. And if it is force field technology, you'd think they'd be able to turn the force field off.
1: Just drop the bloody thing. And if there if there are no force fields, let's assume for example that the Vipers after they land when they're refueled and put into their various launch tracks that they're behind some kind of a closed something or other. Yeah, that there's that there's some sort of uh hatches that do close that allow for the crew and the technicians to be able to go in there and do whatever it is. They need to do still where that Cylon hit, Mm -hmm. it is open to space. There should not have been a fire there. Not not a sustained one.
0: Yeah. Not a sustained fire.
1: Not, it might've lasted all of a few minutes at most.
0: I, I remember once, um, in, uh, Oh, must be Babylon Five. They were uh, trying to justify. Uh, uh, no, I don't make it sound like I was that. They were. They had a sequence where they were having a space battle, and they were pointing out the fact that when you see the explosion in the space battle, that is the remnants of the atmosphere of the pilot.
1: Right, right, right inside the yeah, in their own in their own little ship, and that's it. Then it's over,
0: and then it's gone. Right, so, yeah.
1: And that was used to describe how come sometimes uh ships depending on the who the pilot is uh if they're alien, why you might see different color right. explosions different different and that was it you know, but it's just yeah that that was a bit of a rationalization, and I can take that to an extent, but it's like here one moment, gone the next mm-hmm. and in the the fact that one you know once once more, there has never been any indication that those landing bays have any kind of atmospheric shielding yeah to keep the air in there has never been a sign of that okay at I'm- least with the Cylon based stars they have a hatch not that they need it
0: <laughs> yeah they don't need the oxygen at all <laughs> presumably we <laughs> presumably they don't need oxygen um, it
1: promotes rust
0: yeah it promotes rust you think it'd be a bad thing <laughs> I hadn't even thought about the Cylons that's true um Except Baltar needs it, and so they have to have it
1: for all the. Well, they have it for him now. All right, and maybe um, they needed. I that that'd be the only reason I could see why they would need to have some kind of oxygen as far as they go. But uh, there, again, there is absolutely no reason for that fire to have done what it did, in my opinion. Because I agree with you. I kept thinking uh, there has got to be some kind of ventilation system where they could literally, if they needed to vent the atmosphere in specific parts of the ship
0: i know what it is oh please what okay so maybe some of our i don't know maybe some of our listeners who don't come from ridiculously hot climates like ben and i do uh maybe this is not a thing elsewhere or maybe it is a thing elsewhere for cold climates or whatnot but there are places where you'll walk in that they'll have a curtain of air they've got it all vented up so that the air on the outside is sucked away so that the and the air conditioning on the inside is sucked away so that when you pass through what's effectively an open door, you kind of get hit by a curtain of air, but you pass between the hot and the cold. Maybe that's what they're doing at the end of the at the Galactica thing. Maybe they got a really strong vacuum that as the air starts going out into space, it just sucks it up around and reuses it. Best Uh I got. Best I got. Yeah. Best Best you got. got. I do have a question though. Now that you on the on the mention of force fields. Um the bridge. This is one that's always bugged me about Galactica from the very beginning when I was a kid. Positive shield now. Negative shield now.
1: Yeah, I never what does that, that
0: mean? I mean it's always a shutter.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just it's a fancy way of saying uh let's close the window. But what's the difference between a positive and a negative shield? Well, if it's closed that means it's positively closed. I don't think that's how they use it, though. That is how they're using it.
0: You're saying that when he says negative shield now, they're ter- they're opening it again? Because I don't think yeah, so. Yeah,
1: they are. Believe me, I've watched this enough times to know. When they say negative shield, they're asking for it to be opened. When they say positive shield, they're asking, or Adama is asking for it to be closed. Well, that's stupid. I, mean, I agree. <laughs> well,
0: well, that's just, st- it was bad before. I thought there was something like, positively charged ion barriers no, no, and no. negatively because i'd swear no. that he said negative shield now and they've they've closed something but i'm just like no isn't that the, it could just be bad special effects because we no. use footage because they do that oh yeah a and lot. this episode was really bad especially when the entire fleet including three base stars was on their tactical displays but there were no base stars attacking
1: not that we could see
0: and why did the Cylons give up when they had the
1: Galactica pounded down? Was it there That's... just weren't any left? That's it. Well I'm, I'm gonna I'm going to go with there weren't any left, but wow. I know. Again, ridiculous. So, now... So let's just go down the list of all the things that are ridiculous in this.
0: Well, you know, we come back to our Cylons. Do Cylons have feelings? How do an entire fleet of Cylon ships feel about being given orders to fly and let yourselves get blown up? And if you don't get blown up, blow yourselves up.
1: Well, I don't think that they... Well, the one uh, ship of Cylons that we actually got, they had the courtesy of hearing the dialogue back and forth. They were all about, you know, it's all about the mission. Yep. Yep. They seemed rather dispassionate about it.
0: Yeah. This was back more to the Cylons are just machines, but you would think that, well, once again, did they really need three pilots in a kamikaze? <laughs> Wouldn't it have saved them a little, little manpower if they could have just sent one. You're not going to fly or evade. So just, point it and go and or even a remote control
1: ship mm, that'll be a great idea mm-hmm. but you know now we're going but again as you said we're going back to the original premise of what the silence were all about that they were just these machines these um thinking but not feeling things that waged war so i I if, if we're to accept that that's what the Cylon premise is, that this is what they're all about, then I have no problem with the idea of them being kamikaze. In fact, we got a little bit of that in, in the pilot. Yeah. That's how they attacked um, the the one base, base ship that the president was on.
0: I guess kamikaze is the word that we need to pay attention to, though, because humans have been willing to do it. Yeah. For... I guess the right reasons and I'm not going to pretend that the reasons that we get in TV shows are necessarily I, I think it's more complicated than than that but yeah it it seems it seems like an incredibly wasteful attack um it was it's damn near the closest they've ever come to defeating the Galactica not that anyone will ever know because all the Cylons are dead yeah I mean if they'd had another base star out there in fact, if there had been a base star out there, which there must have been, surely it could have come in and finished off the Galactica under those conditions.
1: Without fighter support. Yeah, I, I I have no explanation for that. I really don't. I mean it, it it makes no sense. It would have made more sense if the Cylons had gone completely on their own, without any base star support, and this was just a suicide mission. Mm-hmm. That that would hold, uh, but as you said, you know the tactical display showed. I counted two base stars. Uh, I
0: think that's the that's the exact same tactical display we've seen every time since the pilot. Doesn't oh, matter. I, mean, I would be surprised. It does. I think they have two tactical displays. They have big fleet with base stars, and then they have three or four. I think they have one display with three or four Cylons coming at it, and that's it. And and they just reuse those no matter whether it makes the slightest bit of sense um, on the... I mean, heck, I've seen times where, let's say it's three, they'll say, I read two Cylons coming. It's like, there are three. Or I see two coming and there are, you know, whatever. Or I see three coming and there's two. I mean, it just, they don't even seem to care what they show. Just tactical display. Okay, good, go. We'll we'll insert in post. And then in post, they put something stupid in. So, mm. Yeah, so I, you know, what, what am I supposed to believe here? There, there's some line of dialogue that says it's remnant of that base star we encountered at ago or something.
1: Oh, I don't recall. He said
0: something like that, like it was a, a fleet that they would encountered and defeated, and then this was being sent out uh, after the fact. So, again, there must have been something somewhere. But, you know, the tactical display, am I supposed to believe that or am I supposed to ignore it? Dialogue says there's no base star, but they had to come from somewhere. Anyway, uh, all of that gets, gets gets us around to the stock footage from I think Towering Inferno.
1: Towering Inferno. I mean, it makes perf- I mean, it's a universal property. Yeah, um, and that's what it looked like to me. And
0: that, it was definitely from a th- widescreen production that was that was it, uh, yeah, squeezed. Um,
1: this, yeah, it, this, uh, and this is another reason why I really despise this episode as much as I do. And I admit that in many cases my reasons are strictly biased because I I recognize that footage and I hate the Towering Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Well, put it down. I've not seen the Towering Inferno, so.
1: Oh, consider yourself lucky. I mean, it's oh, I I've never been a fan of disaster movies. I I'm not a fan. I mean, I I like lost in space for all the wrong reasons but Mm -hmm. I'm but by and large I am not a fan of Erwin Allen and his disaster movies just really give me gas in the worst way and Towering Inferno is just in my opinion an utter abomination well I'm I'm not going to call it an abomination no Um, it's just a movie that it's just a movie that I hate
0: Hmm. well I mean so there is a there is a decided disaster movie pattern here Um, there is there's no, no <clears throat> way put this. You know, if you have a if you have a play, you've got your kind of three act and and you know introduction, rising action, et etc. But when you've got something like this, it it really is just sort of a series of. Yes, I suppose you could argue that the that the danger is increasing at all times because the fire is getting closer and closer to the solium and the temperature is going up and up and up. So, I mean, there's a, they're ratcheting the quote-unquote danger, but they're really not. The danger is exactly the same the whole time. It's just getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. So it's really just, you know, you've got two threads. You've got how the heck does boomers save everybody's life? So you've got the the survivors struggling to get out, and then you've got the people struggling to either save the people or put the fire out. And they're really kind of ping-ponging back and forth between plot complications, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> they come up with a plan, they implement the plan, the plan looks like the plan's going to work, but then the plan fails because uh, the mega-pump goes bad. You know? Right. They, I mean, they they were going to put out the fire, and it looked like it was going to happen, and then that pump died, and psh, whoop, fire started back up, and all their work was 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 fouled up so we have to go back to plan B and I'm not I'm not crazy about that particular i type of story cuz I no. like to see we had the same problem with Seance Specter it was just them bouncing from one yeah thing to another
1: I've I've never liked the idea of I, okay, and and I'm, I'm let me I'm gonna cut cut them some slack, but let me say that I've never been a a fan of the idea of let's present a storyline. Oh, it failed. Okay, so now we have to watch them go to plan B. Okay, on some level. I can accept that they want to tell that kind of story to show the, the struggles that they're going through, the challenges, you know, the, the little minor victories, but the huge, huge defeats and setbacks that they're continuing to suffer because this is one really, really bad situation. Maybe that's grounded in, I hate to say it, real life, but you know what I mean. But at the same time, when I'm watching a television show and I see that happen, maybe it's just me, but I feel like my time is being wasted. It does, and and stock footage doesn't help.
0: No, you know not when you put the, the stock slightest. footage in there, then you're looking. It's like this is this is basically a, an excuse to make up 48 minutes of television.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that happens is we get a, a lot of needless um, exposition about. Okay, we need to back up now because we're right by this, you know, and they get this whole spiel about where they're at repeated and, times. Yeah, it's the I, same I one.
0: You got to back up now. Fall back, it, pull back, back. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. We get I,
1: I have no care for that.
0: I love the fact that space firemen have sparkly suits.
1: <laughs> yeah, how pretty.
0: <laughs>
1: uh,
0: <laughs> I was like, uh, what would a space fireman look like? I know, sparkly. Reminding us of the one on the planet with the uh, uh, the cowboys. What would a space cowboy hat look like? Sparkly. <laughs> mm. I wonder if they their costumer was like worked on Broadway shows or something. Or the Rockettes. Like, you know, when we did the Rockettes in New York, sparkly was the thing. Rhinestones, mm. baby rhinestones.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm never gonna get that out of my head now. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not.
0: <laughs> I'm seeing those sort of ruby slippers that Dorothy was wearing with a little sparkly bit. Now it's just whoop, dumb. There we go. Um Let's see what else. Oh yes, does um uh, uh, and I you know fully and freely admit that I'm certainly no expert. Uh, are Mushy's pot brownies? Because that that seems everyone's so excited by them. They, Were they excited by them? <laughs> just throughout Were the course they? of the show, Mushy seems to be this thing. Well, obviously, it's I mean, thing, yes, Foxy's I, a stoner, clearly. But
1: well, I just never got the sense of that it's this thing. But now that you brought that up. Let's discuss the believability of putting a whole tray full of mushies at that vent where smoke is coming out and Muffet is supposed to smell that. Granted, yes, Mm -hmm. Muffet is a bloody robot. Hey, but you know what? Muffet still has to be able to detect the aroma, and that means the aroma has to be able to backtrack through that vent over to Muffet in order to be able to lead it to the bridge. Is that believable considering all the smoke and the fire and the air pressure and all the heat and the way it's going to direct the, the aroma? I, I don't think so. I'd be more believed if, if Muffy said, go
0: find Colonel Ty." Yeah. You know, I mean, if he can distinguish such things, then, you know, he probably has an olfactory database of everyone he's come and encountered with. And he's a freaking robot. He's not a real dog. So there's a robotic brain in there. I I, it know.
1: worked in order to say, you know, take it back to Boxy. It worked on that level.
0: Yeah. Go find Boxy. Well, Boxy, he's keyed to, so that one's probably the easiest command he's got. Yeah. And of course, Boomer had mushies, so there was the mushy connection to get back. What, what, what I wanted to know was, with the Galactica burning, the, the, the ship in horrid lockdown, certain death imminent at any time, and when Ty orders Omega to go get the mushies, when the mushies arrive on the bridge, someone has put them on a platter with a serving lid and arranged yeah. them neatly. It's like, yeah. oh, the bridge needs some mushies, do they? All right, um, and then sets up the whole thing and sends it. I thought, really? Couldn't, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it like have some stuffed in your pocket make more sense? It's like, just grab some mushies, stick them in your pocket, take more, and then put them by the thing, and we'll be, we'll be good.
1: Oh, but then that wouldn't be enough in order to be able to compensate for all the smoke and fire and heat and God knows what else going through that vent. Well, maybe if
0: he'd used the lid to kind of fan it down the... Yeah, but we didn't see that. <sighs> yeah, that was, that was uh, one of the other bridge officers' job. You stand here, fan these mushies. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Boomer, once again. Boomer surprises us by being a juvenile delinquent.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But it was not on his file.
0: It's not in his file. I wonder why it's not in his file. Um, are, you, um, are, we, are we happy with the fact that the juvenile delinquent happened to be the black character?
1: You know, that had crossed my mind, but th- they still managed to turn him around and make him a hero. Now, interestingly enough that you should bring this up, I don't think Boomer should have even been there. You think he should
0: have gone to with the
1: squadron well let's let let's think about this now first he says he's on furlon furlon yeah <laughs> not furlough he's on a furlon for twenty four centaurs oh god whatever Which, yeah let's keep redefining everything the moment they went to that you know super secret red alert kind of thing uh and all squadrons had to report to duty. Uh, my understanding is, it doesn't matter if you're on a furlong, furlough, whatever the hell you want to call it. You're, you've been called to duty.
0: Well, I suppose if he was off base, that's different.
1: That's different, but he's not. He's but there were several other ship.
0: pilots that didn't go either.
1: Yeah, them too. See, this really was a wasted opportunity to make Athena the hero. Yeah. And that would have been a lot more fun. The admiral's daughter. She's the troublemaker. She's the one who boosted a couple of vehicles.
0: Well, I probably wouldn't have done it that way. I mean, she might have, could, might have found a way to lead them out to to safety, but she wouldn't have. It wouldn't have been that way. They'd have never done that. I mean, they had no. Of course, a they would Family,
1: which is a, you know, but having seen privileged families, you know, up close and in person, uh, there's always that one troubled daughter. Well yes
0: in in, and in real life
1: <laughs> it, yeah and it it would it would have worked out really really well you know for the troubled daughter who turns her life around now she's serving uh on a battle star okay this is great you know but it was it would be a great uh way to you know show her little redemption story at the same time and also the same, and turn her out to be the hero of the day yeah, instead f- of boomer who should have been out there flying a bloody viper
0: yeah i mean i think I agree. I I wondered why Boomer didn't run. But I think, I think you could make an argument, right? That says, because there were two different alarms there. There was the launch, the launch the squadron on duty, which I don't think he should have gone for. Because first off, his might not be his squadron on duty, right? I mean, they've got pilots who are ready to go. And that's that, I think, was the first one. And when they saw the size of the wave, Adama gave the order to launch all pilots.
1: That's when he should have gone. Ah, uh, yes. That's precisely when he should have gone. But it wasn't
0: very long after that that I think they shut the doors down. But if they'd shut the doors down sooner, that would have been, you know, an excuse. Or if he'd been over on the rising star. But, of course, if he'd been on the rising star, then this whole story wouldn't have played out. He had to be on the burning ship, or you couldn't. Yeah, it's... it's yeah it's it's a an artifice to get that to get that story and they could be having some trouble now that they've got sheba in the mix too
1: Mm, right she
0: was she was filling boomer's role in this story basically yeah yeah
1: yeah because boomer uh, otherwise boomer would have been the one who was out there flying around trying to you know keep visual contact trying to help apollo and star because it it always it had always been like you know the three musketeers kind of thing and or in this she case, would have been. Stooges.
0: She would have been the one firing the the uh, mega pump cannons of the fire suppressant too. Yeah. So yeah, they they pulled her and put her in that place, which, by the way, did not change the train. Still seven seven people <clears throat> in the pictures. Mm, yeah. So
1: they haven't. Yeah, not quite- yet. She's st- no. She is still. Uh, I made a note of that because I counted. Yep. She still has guest star. guest star. Um, credentials yeah
0: and of course so does jolly and they couldn't even fit they couldn't even make jolly the pilot sitting there who was kind of hurt and saying oh we couldn't get to him we're you know, the da- commander's daughter they had uh one of the other tertiary guys from blue squadron yeah do that job they couldn't even get jolly in for that i how long has it been since
1: we've seen jolly uh he, he had, wow i think that well last time we saw him was in living legend did we see Jolly in Living we Legend? We did see Living Legend um, in Living Legend Part One, I believe. He was one of the pilots that got, uh, that sort of got ambushed by a Silver Spar or Silver Sp- Squadron, whatever the hell they call themselves. Mm. Mm. But yeah, he was he was one of those. Um, he was with Blue Squadron, flying with Apollo uh, at the beginning of that episode, and we may have seen him. He, he may have shown up here and there. Uh, I think during, throughout throughout those two parts i think we see him again in war of the gods but, we do uh, see him again in war of the gods because i i i had to look ahead as i was checking the episodes as i downloaded them to make sure that they were good and yes he does show up he's got a um, talking he part, does yeah he has a talking part he has he, it's significant enough that starbuck at some point will have to make mention of it mm, yeah so yeah, Jolly's got something coming up later on down the road. Good thing because I am sure that poor actor's like you know <laughs> I am not doing anything. I get
0: paid, my s- picture's on screen, so they have to they have to give me my twenty five cents each time. That yeah,
1: is. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you kind of you know actors they don't want to just sit on the sidelines. Even though I am sure he's contractually guaranteed some kind of a salary out of this. Yeah, they want to be doing something. Yeah. So I'll t- one, I am I am going to
0: say that although. This is certainly not a stellar episode of... It wasn't as awful as I remember it to be. No.
1: In fact, it's... Uh, it's as procedurals go, I would say this is probably one of the better ones because it, 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 it... What made it bad was the science, not necessarily the people. And no one was an idiot. No, uh, except, for, except for the writer.
0: And, and, you know, we have things like um, Apollo... Uh, you know, we've got Ty in command, and Ty's doing a good job. Um, we've got Apollo coming up with the idea about the mega pumps, which, you know, gives him some agency and gives him some heroism in, in the story, you know, or some part in the solving the problem. And also, then, of course, you've got Apollo, Starbuck, and Sheba doing the runs to do the mega pumps. So they're all, you know, doing their job competently and working the thing. Circumstances are working against them. So we've got that. Then we have... uh You know, when that fails, even Adama, who is basically sidelined in this episode, manages to give Ty an idea.
1: Blow the hole.
0: Okay, we could do that. So unlike a Commander Koenig episode where he'd have to get up and plant the charges himself with the fragments still lodged in his heart, Adama saves the day without having to save the day, right? It's a team effort here. Right, but the but the the head guy gets you know he gets some hero agency as well in the course of the story. He's not just a victim. Um, I, I just I kind of felt like yes, it's stupid that they have to blow the hull to get the air out, but at the same time, um, you know, at it, it, it at least it was you know everyone was working at their jobs competently, and it just they weren't able to to achieve the goal until the very end of the story, and that's kind right. of right. Uh, Uh, Which, uh, you know, if nothing else, I appreciate a story that doesn't require someone to be an idiot to cause the problems to get the things to move along uh, to to the end.
1: Yeah. I got a question about something, though, that happens. Uh, Now, we've made mention of how they've had to blow parts of the hull in order (laughs) to put this fire out. Mm -hmm. So, of course, you've got Boomer, Athena, Boxy, and everybody else in this little storage compartment. And clearly, they're affected Mm-hmm. by this sudden of oxygen yeah this, this sudden decompression uh, they've got those masks so so they're okay. oh so the mask will actually save the body they've got a force field <laughs> oh is that the, the yes the uh never before mentioned force field yes that's that keeps the atmosphere in the ship as well as prevent uh explosive decompression of the body uh yes wow well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm I'm glad you're able to share that with me because I yeah. had no idea.
0: <clears throat> it, it was. It's definitely. Um. Uh. It's definitely terrible, right? And the question is, how long is the air evacuated from the Galactica? You know, I mean, so they've blown holes. Is that what they've done? Have they blown a hole in, holes the, side? in the hull? Have they blown a section of the hull off because they had those precise points that they had to put the? Uh, how much effort is it to seal those back up? Um. I. It just, yeah,
1: because then you have to. Oh, but then you. Hey, you know, all you got to do is just turn the force field on, repump, you know, repump the air, and then at your own leisure, send somebody out send there to do out the to actual home. Yeah. yeah,
0: this time with a tether line. Yeah, so they uh, so they don't fall off. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't know that I have anything here worth mentioning. Uh, Sheba's not wearing a silver sparse squadron helmet. Not you know, anymore. This, not anymore. It's got the the standard. She's- yeah, she's got the. Well, I don't know if it's the Blue Squadron one. It's the Galactica helmet.
1: It's the Galactica helmet. Yeah. Well, she's part of Blue Squadron now. I'm guessing. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, you would have thought that that Silver Squadron they would have been absorbed. Well, not absorbed, but they would have been added.
0: Well, they either could. I don't know how you know if they had enough to add them, or you know, after the massacre, they they lost X number of them, and it's like, oh, we've got enough for. No, I am surprised that someone who is. Was a squadron commander? Oh, that she would become second fiddle or third fiddle to right. Apollo. That, that why, don't, why not? Yeah, she, her why not give her own squadron, yellow squadron, or something? Exactly. I mean, she's clearly worthy of it. Yeah. So that part, I mean, obviously, because we never see anything of the other squadrons except when they get mentioned. We've launched the other squadrons uh, to back you up. It's like that's just more fodder. But we never get any. We never get any time with any of the other squadrons. And I kind of feel like that's definitely what they would have done, I think, with the senior officer. Unless, you know, all the other squadrons have really top-rate guys in charge of them, too, and we just never meet them. They never go to the bridge. They never have briefings uh, or anything like that. They don't see any evidence of it. We see no evidence that there are any other squadrons other than Blue. Uh, except well, we, h- we, we hear heard. Them, but, yeah, we hear about them. Yeah, we them.
1: heard about them. Um yeah, but I, I, yeah, but this is, I think, the first time we actually, uh, since. Sense, oh, the pilot. my God. Since the pilot. Yeah, this is the first time we've actually seen more than one squadron.
0: Oh, you know, well, no. No, 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 no. In, well, I guess that's the pilot. All oh, right. I was going to say, in, in, on Carillon, they're mentioning the. the f- yeah, that's the pilot. So, <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> they were mentioning the squadron. little guys. No, they're in our yeah. squadron.
1: I don't know those guys. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, this is the first time we actually, you know, I think this episode we did hear red, we heard of Red Squadron. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he mentioned
0: red. He said launch the other squadrons. Yeah, but but I I
1: seem to remember I heard a a Red Squadron. It's possible.
0: I I, that's the one that popped to my mind. So it's possible they said that. Uh, There is the one where Starbuck and a well, it's the pilot as well, and they're doing the fake radio signals. Yeah, Starbuck Squadron making up squadron names and so who knows which ones are real
1: yeah well the only one we know that's not real is purple
0: purple do we want chartreuse and pink polka dot squadrons as well we've got the guys
1: from orange with yellow we got (laughs) the lavender and we have uh the maroon
0: squadron silver spar what what, Uh, i wonder what the other squadrons on the pegasus were gold spar bronze bronze spar tin tin i was thinking tin too (laughs) Tin Spar Squadron lead the way. Okay. Yeah. Um
1: Lead. If you start Yeah, we we'll start pulling out all our all our Sapphire and Steel references now.
0: <laughs> Jet. Jet Squadron. <laughs> Jet Squadron. Uh, yeah, 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 that'll work.
1: Let's see.
0: I should be able to recite the Sapphire and Steel, but I not nah, off the top of my head. Okay. Um Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think my biggest complaint. That I have left to mention is when Apollo and Starbuck get blasted out into space. Yeah, and everyone's calling them on the radio. Apollo, Apollo, Starbuck, Apollo, Starbuck. Anybody? Can you hear us? Nothing, nothing, nothing. I won't give up on them. I won't give up on them. Then she sees them and she goes, "Starbuck, Apollo," and and we're here. We're here. It's like, you, why didn't you answer you before idiots. you jackasses? <laughs> like, and then, and then, and I thought for the moment, because he could only talk with Sheba, but then he's talking to Ty directly. Yeah. Because Ty's going, oh, no, come a, uh, Captain, we've uh, rescued your family and everybody's safe. And it's like, oh. <clears throat> look, when, a, when your colonel, who's in command of your base, is contacting you on the radio and asking if you're okay, your answer is yes, sir, or no, sir.
1: <laughs> right. Or gurgle and if, some and blood out. If, if you're, out, you're sir. not answering, then it's safe to assume that um uh you're dead or unconscious. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes, sir. And how high, sir? Mm-hmm. Since we're floating. <laughs> anyway.
0: All With right. Well, wires,
1: by the way. I could see the wires. Oh no. A little a little
0: digital masking out for the remastered edition. Oh, wouldn't that be uh, you know something? I think I would endorse that. I would endorse a digital recreation
1: of the special effects for Galactica. You know, John like Dextra might. I mean, it's the reason he quit the show. Because he was making uh, special effects for TV and did not endorse Universal's decision to repackage the pilot into a, a theatrical movie format where then the, the the visual effects would just look terrible on the big screen. So, yeah... So yeah. yes, I, th- I, would, I would fully endorse the idea of...
0: They could fix the... those damn screens so it doesn't have a base star coming in. Oh, I think they I'd could fix
1: like... it so that we're not seeing the same reused footage time and time and time again.
0: That too. Yeah,
1: yeah, that too. All Unfortunately, right. there's no digital magic that'll replace Muffy. Sure there is. They could do that.
0: <sighs>
1: well, I, yeah, I
0: suppose,
1: but wow, that would take a lot of work.
0: You know it would be cool? They replaced him with, like, a CGI Dalmatian, or not a Dalmatian, a Great Dane.
1: Yeah! <laughs> you know, that's one thing that I was kind of curious about. Uh, the, there's the one scene where Muffet is going through the vent, and then fire comes up through one, through one of the grill plates. Yeah. And I'm thinking that if, monkey
0: didn't freak out. Yeah! That's a well-trained chimpanzee.
1: How did that chimp not flip out?
0: My guess is, is that he's completely blind— in that suit. Chimp,
1: yeah, uh, you know, but the chimp would have felt, they would have sensed something. They they no, the, the, that chimp should have known to some degree that there is fire there and did not respond to it except just stopped as it was called in the script and I thought that was pretty amazing. This was the
0: 1970s. The answer to your question is Valium.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so the uh, the Humane Society was definitely not keeping their eye on this one. No,
0: they they didn't uh, they weren't uh... They weren't interested in TV productions back then.
1: No, and they had no idea that there was a chimp inside that poor suit. Yeah, I mean, it's a robot, for crying out
0: loud. Not a chimp? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> right. Well, Ben, I think we have burnt out fire in space.
1: Not soon enough. Oh, not soon enough. Horrible loss of life, I'm sure. <laughs> a horrible loss of a good hour of my life.
0: Oh, it was only 40-some minutes after you take well, out the commercials.
1: I- well i had to stop it and take notes oh oh yeah so it came to about an hour
0: okay i'll accept that
1: anyway thank
0: you for joining me oh sure (laughs) listeners i do hope you'll join us all again next time on fusion patrol
1: screw them uh mushies
0: you've been listening to fusion patrol a listener supported podcast Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at Patreon.com/slash/FusionPatrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is "Fight the Future" by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust
1: production.